0: Hi, everyone. This is Kat Corchado from Sisters in Service. Today's interview is Melissa Washington, CEO of the Women Veterans Alliance and a powerhouse when it comes to connecting women veterans. You may already know her, so I hope you'll tune in. At the same time, I want to thank you for listening and hope that if you like what you hear, you will hit the subscribe button and forward this podcast to someone that could benefit from it. Okay, on to the interview. welcome to another segment of Sisters in Service. I am your host, Kat Corchado. Our guest today is Melissa Washington, a Navy veteran, CEO and founder of the Women's Veteran Alliance. She is an entrepreneur, speaker, author, and award winner who is connected to women veterans across the nation. She comes from a long line of veterans in her family to include her husband, a Marine veteran, who served in combat in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and Iraq, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Her father, who is a Vietnam veteran, is a Bronze Star recipient, and her grandfather is a World War II Army Air Corps Air Force veteran who flew 37 missions over Germany. He is also the recipient of the Bronze Star and the Air Medal. She has also been featured on television with ABC, CBS, and Fox News, The Dr. Phil Show, lifetime channel and more sisters in service help me welcome melissa washington melissa welcome to sisters in service
1: thank you kat i'm very excited to be here and i'm very excited to be on part of your your new endeavor
0: well thank you i i'm i read your bio and i was like oh my gosh i some of this i didn't even know you know, you're so like down to earth and everything, where you could just be like, you know, I'm only taking autographs on this day, you know, and I'm only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> trust me, I got people lined up that want to be my man.
0: And I'm also proud to to be, you know, a part of a women veterans organization where we collaborate a lot together. I've attended a lot of Melissa's uh, webinars that she does. Um, But I'm also proud to, I think, call call you my friend, you know, and colleague in in this in Denver. So Melissa, tell us, you're a Navy veteran. Did you pick the Navy or did the Navy pick you?
1: Well, for the most part, the Navy picked me. You know, when you go to the recruiting station, they've got all the branches of services right next door to each other. Of course. Um, And the Marine Corps, they had the pull-up bar, which I had a easily bypass that one because I would (laughs) have passed that and the air force they weren't nobody nobody was there and then of course you know the the navy's like well come on in and talk to us and so that's where that's where I landed and you know they of course you know like any other recruiter they share with you all the stuff you can do and be and so I signed up nobody believed that I signed up for the military I was already I was a year in community college um getting my degree in early child education. So I was going to be a teacher um, and I joined, joined the Navy and um, I'll never forget the senior chief who recruited me. He says, I, I've never uh, recruited a, a girl. And he was very nervous. Cause you know, we would meet at Twizzler for lunch. Cause it was across the street from the recruiting station. I mean, this mm-hmm. dude was like sweat. He was, he was just, he was nervous. Oh, it, it wasn't bad it was just he was nervous nervous
0: yeah <laughs> wow so I would think that being in the military is just part of your destiny you know that you were going to do some sort of service in the military not necessarily navy but it was just part of your destiny I mean look at your family line of veterans in your family I mean that's amazing
1: yeah. It, and it wasn't one of those things where, you know, growing up, I'm going to join the military. I mean, I right. saw the um, negative effects that had on my dad um, from his time, you know, serving in Vietnam and all the stuff he's gone through. Um, so it wasn't one of those, but it was, it was, it was the plan and I followed the plan. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you today.
0: Right a funny story i almost went in the navy so my dad is was active duty he's retired air force and i'm retired air force but before i went in the navy cuz i thought wow their dress whites are amazing <laughs> and the recruiter knew me he goes your dad was air force right and i go yeah and he goes stay in your lane honey oh. <laughs> i was like yeah that kind of makes sense you know he goes you want to be on a ship for this amount of time he goes stay, stay in your lane. So I did, you know, so I went in the Air Force, like my dad. (laughs) Uh, So I always ask this of female veterans, what was your favorite assignment and your least favorite, favorite assignment while you were active duty? So
1: I'll start with the least. Okay. Um, that was my, um, well, it's, it's, It's the least, but there's a good thing that came out of it. But my least was when we went to our A school, which is, you know, your school you go to after boot camp.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: it was in Meridian, Mississippi. And um, I I grew up in California in a very diverse community. Um, And to go to a place where you'd probably see like on a TV show or TV and see that it's real. uh, Yes. The racial shock. Yeah, big time. Um, and this was 1991. I mean, it
0: was,
1: there was a clear divide. I mean, whether you're black or white, I mean, it just was, uh, very apparent very much. So very much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you just stay on the base and then they close the base because there was a KKK rally and, you know, it's just one of those like, okay, I, I, I don't want to be stationed in the South. Um, and of course, you know, when you're, get ready to graduate. They give you, of course, I wasn't the top of my class, but I was, you know, up there, but they give you your, your choice mm-hmm. of duty stations. And I chose a ship out of a uh, little Creek, Virginia, Right. but to, to go back of what um, happened in Ready, Mississippi, that's where I met who would be my husband.
0: Oh, he have been
1: married now 26 years, and um,
0: congratulations!
1: Thank you. So we met in Mississippi. He was in the Marine Corps, and of course, I was in the Navy, and I went my way, and he went his way, and then you know, a couple of years later, we reconnected.
0: It was destined. It, it was destined to be together.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of craziness, but um, I you know I don't my I was stationed on two different ships, so but I was fortunate enough to go on a six month deployment on each of those ships,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I've met people in the Navy that it had never been on a deployment.
0: Um, yeah, I have too. Yeah, I have yeah. too.
1: And uh, it was real funny because this one guy, I was on a panel a few years ago and this one guy, he had just retired from the Navy and he was kind of cocky, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was, so he, you know, everybody's introducing themselves. So he introduces himself before I do, and he retired without even seeing being on a ship. I mean, he went on it, but not, you know, stationed on a ship. Yeah. So then I got to go I'm like, well, let me spread some, you know, sea salt on you. Um,
0: <laughs> Here you go
1: <laughs> for my short time. But, you know, even though my time wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was just very, it was a lot happening. I mean, six months to the Mediterranean and yeah. then coming to the West coast and then doing a six month deployment um, there. And this is when, you know, you know, the Persian Gulf, everything was still hot over there. So, you know, I spent Christmas off the coast of Somalia mm-hmm. um, in 93 during that whole time. So it was, it was, um, so I don't know if really a duty station, but I just, I guess, you know, yeah. the different ports and the, the opportunity and the things you get to see as a 19, 20, 21 year old that most people may never see. Um,
0: Absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I thought, I wasn't born into the military. So my dad was already in when I was born. And I thought, you know, you move somewhere every three to five years. That's just what you did. And, you know, now that I think about it, I feel like I was really fortunate because as a child, I got to see so many countries that a lot of kids never get to see, you know, and I got to live that. So um, I think I was very fortunate, you know, on the one hand, that I got to see that those types of things. So there's there's some upsides, you know, to being, oh, there is. you know, military. And you know, the downside is I I could not tell you who I went to first grade with. You know, I could tell you that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or second, or third, or tenth. <laughs> but you remember but the you experience, know.
1: right? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, you know, And I feel too the you know people that have served in the military. We look at things differently because we've experienced and seen things differently.
0: Yes, I, mean, I totally um, agree.
1: Who would think you'd be, you know, on the deck of a ship? You know, just you know, such a young age, and um, you know, having you know access to to you know weapons or shooting off the um, the. And I am drawing a blank, but you know, we do stuff out at sea and stuff, and it's yeah. just you know, it's it's such a different culture, and that's you know, and that's why people that have never served will never understand.
0: Exactly that
1: culture that we have, regardless of what branch, because you come embedded in that culture. Right. Uh, and it's different. It's just, that's just the way it is. And it, it, I don't, I think people try to relate to us, but they can't because they haven't
0: experienced They haven't it. experienced it. Exactly. Right? I it, totally understand that. Yes.
1: And you know, and um, so that, you know, but it's, again, it's, you know, I, I, I my head, a, a positive experience. Um, mm-hmm in the military,
0: oh yeah, I did. Too. I would do
1: it again as long as I got to be in my nineteen-year-old body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not my oh 19 yeah, body. that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to um, go home and, and see my mom, and, and we went. We were on an air force base, and I just looked around, and I, I had, you know, texted my husband. I go, I miss this. And he goes, really? I said, why is it so, you know, and he says, well, you did 20 years. He goes, of course, you're going to miss it, you know, as part of your life. But it was just like, oh, my people. Okay. You
1: know? right? <laughs> it is. It's just something that they embed in you. I mean, you know, when you go to basic training, they break you down and build you back up. And those are exactly. just things that whether you say certain things or you stand a certain way or position your belt a certain way or choose, it's just something that's part of who we are. Right. Uh, And uh, yeah,
0: I totally get that. So you started the Women Veterans Alliance. Why did you feel there was a need for this? What did you feel was missing or, or was needed for women veterans? Well,
1: initially I didn't realize the need until I started it. Um, you know, I, I came from, uh, you know, working in corporate America and, I, you know, I I live in the Sacramento area, but I was looking for an opportunity to connect with other women veterans in a more of a professional setting. Um, you know, I I was in other women networking groups. I'm like, okay, there has to be something. So I had called around and at the VA, there was an MST group. I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. And I was not looking for the traditional VFW American Legion hall environment. That just, honestly, that's just not, not me, even though I am members, a member of the organizations, but so my starting it as I guess, in a sense, first of all, my need to want to connect to other women. Um, Yes. You know, and I knew a lot of women veterans. I, you know, I, I, um, I teach LinkedIn classes. I'm, I'm sandwiched between two air force bases, Beale air force base and Travis air force base. And before I started this and I still do, I still teach LinkedIn classes at the air force base. So I still kept that, you know, that connection to the, the military but you know there wasn't anything out there so December 2014 I put a post on Facebook and I said hey I'm getting this group together who's interested you know we're gonna meet at El Torito's in Sacramento And (laughs) that's what it was so I knew some of the ladies and then some others were referred by somebody else and you know there's about 20 of us pretty much none of them knew each other but every time I and I'm already getting the goosebumps every time I think about that night You know, Mm -hmm. here we are, you know, we're in this Mexican restaurant and then they give us an area. It's not completely like closed off, but this is this long table, right? Right. And we're there, you know, eating, you know, drinking. We're just, we're just shooting the shit if you have to bleep that out. But, you (laughs) know, it's one of those things, right? We're just, everybody, and there's officer enlisted, all branches and, and everybody's like, wow, you know, this is something that, that I needed, um, for this. And it's like, okay. And that's where it started. And I tell people, this was just a hobby. This was, you know, I had my own speaking business. I had just launched my book the previous year. Right. Like, oh, I can get women together, you know, once a month for dinner and find a speaker. And then it kept growing and growing. Wow. Uh, it was just one of those months. So we agreed, okay,
0: let's meet the third Thursday of the month. Mm-hmm. And then they just, they just, they just kept coming. Um, and it was organic. And- it wasn't like something you're like, yeah, let's just do this, you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, oh crap, it's getting bigger. <laughs> it is.
1: But it was so interesting because, I mean, one of the ladies came and she was serious. She says, I thought I was the only woman veteran in Sacramento. I mean, she was like dead on serious. So that's, but that's how she felt.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's how a lot of women feel. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that women are dealing with even today is that feeling of isolation because women don't self identify. So if I'm talking to you and you don't have anything on, or you don't say anything that signals that you're a a female veteran, I would never know. And so that's why I feel like, you know, what you're doing and what other organizations are doing is still so needed today.
1: Oh, and definitely. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize again when I started the need and then I realized the need, cause I'm here talking to these women and, you know, of course we all share similar experiences. Some of us have very different experiences. Um, and, and just to hear and to see and to listen, um, to women and, and their stories and their struggles and where they are and, um, you know, they're a lot of them, you know, are working or they're going to school or they're, you know, they're owning their own business or they're, you know, might be looking for some help. But it's just, we are a reflection of society, right? Of Yes. People. So, and then again, being in Sacramento, again, being a very diverse area as well um, in community. So I just kept, I kept going with this and it was just one of those things. And I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I mean, I'm I was like, okay, what, what can we do? so it became, okay, now I got to, let's have official name. Now I got to get a website. Now I'm going to get <laughs> Facebook. Right? And it so just kept growing. <laughs> it did. And then it's like, okay, now I got to get a logo. So I had to get, you know, so it's all these things. And it's like, um, but how do you fund something like this? Because it's, exactly. there's a cost. I mean, even yeah. though people whether you're, you know, whether it's, I mean, even nonprofits are business, so I'll just say just any business, right. Whether you're a, your tax entity is nonprofit or not, it's a business. So you have to set it up and, and I was already in, I was already right. jumped in. I was already in the deep end, <laughs> not because yeah, I can swim, but I was in. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't get, I, I couldn't get out. Um, I mean, I could have been just stop and say, okay, I'm done. But it's like, how can I continue to do what I do? But also how can we make this so it's a sustainable organization that can continue to help women locally, but also to the need nationally, because here are these women, they're telling the other women that they serve with, oh, we, you know, we're doing this and we're doing that, um, with that. So that was just, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, if I put a business plan together to do this, I probably would not have done it. Um, just looking at, okay, how do we make money to do this? You're like, Honestly.
0: whoa, let me put this over on the side. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I, I was so into, I am mean, still, I mean, I, I get up every morning and it's like, I, I serve. I mean, that's, yes. I, I'm here. God put me on this earth. He, he gave me all these other stepping stones and other experiences and other things that I've experienced in my, you know, professional military, you know, life yes. to do successfully what I do today. Right. Because I had, I not had those experiences or those people that I've been connected to, I wouldn't be as would
0: you know, women veterans Alliance. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, I've started other networking groups before. So I, you know, I knew that, but this is, um, you know, this is a niche, this is a niche market, yes. right? So we're yes. like, how do you cater to a niche market? And one of the things too is in the beginning is people were trying to define my organization for me. Mm-hmm. So, and and what I mean by that is where they want you to be like everything, right? They want you to solve right. women veteran homelessness. They want you to solve <laughs> military sexual trauma. They want you to, you know, they want you to find, you know, lower the unemployment rate for women veterans. It's just, you know. I,
0: it's a lot. There it's is a it's lot, like, yeah.
1: I, I can't, I don't say I can't do that, but I just, that's not. I, I need to stay stay in my lane, right? I need to just focus. What is? What do I do well? I was a recruiter for over twelve years and worked in human resources. I can help people find jobs and get connected. And I'm I've I've owned businesses, so right. Let's focus that. And I'm an excellent networker. I'm did that prior to this. I can connect people. It's like who do you? Someone wants to know someone. I'll connect you with
0: them. But so, I think I that's think- where the magic is, Melissa. You know, it's like you say you're not everything. The Women Veterans Alliance isn't is everything, but through connection and through people connecting to you, you can actually help some of these women through your connections. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like women veterans helping other women veterans.
1: And and that's where the collaboration comes in. It's looking for partners, you know, that have expertise in those areas. So you can, you know, connect women with that. So you're not saying i call 1-800, whatever number right? or you can actually connect women with, with the
0: person. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like, okay, I, I need help with my VA, my, my disability benefits. Okay. You're going to talk to this person. They're going to, you know, sit down and go through this or I'm start. I want to start a business. Who do I go to those, right. you know, all right. You know, having issues. So I had to do what I knew, what I know best. Um, And that's where I don't have PTS or, nor MST. So that's, you know, I think we should focus on what we've experienced or what we know. I mean, granted, I can talk about that just more in a general sense, Mm -hmm. um, but not as personal experience.
0: um, So do you feel that when women, I, I still feel that even today, there's a disconnect about women veterans from the time they leave active duty to becoming a veteran. Do you still feel that's true?
1: Yeah. You know, even when I got out of the military, I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a veteran. Um, my dad was a veteran, you know, he was in Vietnam. Those are, those are veterans, you know, the guys with the ball cap that, you know, that wasn't me, but also my situation was a little unique. I walked, literally walked off the ship 30 days later. I married my husband and then 30 days later he deployed. I mean, that's the beginning of our, our marriage was a six month deployment. Um, <laughs> which I, trust me, I'm probably one of the few wives who enjoyed his deployments. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <you> know, <laughs> I just get stuff done. Um,
0: so where do, where do you see the Women Veterans Alliance three to five years from now?
1: <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, if you were to ask me this five years ago, I wouldn't even say where we're at right now. Um, right. I mean, a lot of it has to do with understanding, still understanding the needs that are out there because yeah, we, you know, we can create programs and we can collect stuff, but if there's, if there's not a need, it's no, it's not a purpose. Right. So, you know, looking at the, these last five years, I mean, it's all purposeful. Everything's purposeful of what I create because it's based on the need. But what I feel we need is we need, we need to scale. Um, you know, there's 2 million women veterans out there and that's not even including active and duty and reserve ladies. Right. And even if you combined your organization, my organization, others, we probably haven't even hit 10% of that or maybe, you know what I'm saying? So how, you know, how can we get to scale to where we become that name or just even just, it doesn't even have to be my organization, but how can women veterans be on the top of that list? when you do want to connect with women. So that's my biggest thing is, you know, maybe we become a, a household name or we just become known in our community, but we also need to be known outside of our community.
0: Absolutely. Um, I totally with agree that. with that. Yeah. Cause
1: it's, you know, I had a mom email me the other day um, about her daughter. She was concerned. She's out of New York. I mean, she's like, I, I don't know. And I saw, I came across your website and is this anything you could help me with? So then, you know, I got her connected, but, and th- and that's what we need. We need to have organizations where they can help people that way. Because, and what I found, again, always listening to other people's, you know, what they're talking about or when I'm at different events and we may have a table and, you know, you have other groups there. You mm-hmm. know, if you ask just the average civilian, oh, I'm a veteran, I need help. They'll say, what do they say? Go to the VA.
0: Go to the- <laughs> Yes. Okay, that's exactly what they say,
1: seriously, so how do we change the mindset of people, and that's not the right answer um you know it's like how do you know where do, or they might say, go to your v f w post I'm sorry, but what's you know if I call over there, what's a lot of times they're referring people over to
0: us, um, exactly, I think too, is you know when I first moved to North Carolina and I started to get really knee deep in, in veterans organizations. And the majority of them were men. Yeah. I mean, I was maybe one of maybe two or three women that were, that were attending these luncheons and coffees and stuff. And I'm like, okay, this isn't working no. at all. And so I totally get that. Yes.
1: And, and we, we need to be part of these organizations. Don't get me wrong. We do need to be part, but we need to be, they need to be accepting and they need to be understanding that, that things need to change. And that also becomes when you're, you know, want to, you know, post nine eleven 11 vets is having, you know, opportunity. And I mean, honestly, you know, and I've been to a lot of them, some of them are just literally dying out um, and yeah. all of them, the VFW, they had a, um, a state commander's, conference in California a few years ago, and they invited me to speak, which I was very surprised. Um, (laughs) So here I am standing up there looking at maybe there was four women in there, maybe several people of color, and they're all just a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah, And um, many of them were kind of asleep when I was talking. So I had to hit the podium. (laughs) Wake up. Because to me... That means that says a lot right there. If you're representing your post or your area there and you're, there should have been a line of men after, cause I say, I always stay after, you know, I, I, I speak and mm-hmm. I always make sure I do that or either I come earlier. Yeah. There should Answer have been a question. line of men saying, you know what, how can you help us get more women into
0: our post? Right. You know, what I found was interesting is I was, you know, when I was doing a lot of research about you know women veterans and and the things that how they're slipping through the cracks, etc. And I was talking to a male veteran, and I said, "Hey, did you realize that women veterans are you know?" And I was going through this list, and he said, "No, I had no idea that was happening." And I'm like, "How is that even possible? You know, we're both veterans, but you guys don't even know what's what's happening with your sister veterans." Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just a lack of knowledge or they just don't want to know. I
1: I think a lot of it is they don't want to know where they're just not in that space. Right. right. So, it's, just, you know, and I'll even talk to some women veterans who have no idea who Vanessa Gillian is because they're just not in that space.
0: In that space. Yeah.
1: And um, But, you know, thankful enough, you know, a lot of this stuff is becoming, you know, even with the VA secretary, a lot of this stuff is becoming mainstream media, which I'm like, thank goodness, because right. I see stuff but the average person's not going to see it until it hits like the New York Times or Newsweek or one of those other publications, or you've got, you know, Congress or senators doing stuff, but I just don't think people are aware, you know, they, you know, when you, when you hear the veterans, you're, you're going to, you're going to talk about homelessness, right? You see that on the TV, you see the disabled vets with the, on, on the TV, you hear about the suicide, there's so much other things. And again, that's where it's so critical -hmm. Whether it's me or other women going to speak to organizations. I mean, that's that was part of my 2020 plan, (laughs) which got like that
0: came to a halt.
1: Yeah, it did, you know, and I know a lot of them started going online, but it took a while for a lot of these other like rotary and other groups that I would speak at to go online to, but that was, you know, we need to be in front of these civilian organizations so they can have. Again, it's a mindset shift.
0: Yes, it's, I, I it's totally agree with
1: that. What um, now? They I planted the seed, so mm-hmm. I've planted the seed to thousands mm-hmm. of people because I want them to think about when they see a woman and she's got an army T-shirt. Maybe she's at Target or Starbucks or pumping gas or whatever. Right. That, that the automatic assumption it's not it's that's is going to be her husband's shirt, and not her shirt. But now the seed is there. So more than likely she might say, Oh, that's, you know, it's an army oh, woman yeah. veteran, or, you know, maybe I go and I approach her thank her for her service. Um, but we have to change that. We have to, you know, we have to get out the negative, um, stuff that's out there too about right. veterans. And I know that stuff we have to share cause it helps, you know, you got to tug at the heartstrings and yeah. you know, get money in, but what can we do? And so I feel what my organization, what we're doing with, again, not the intent, but what's happened based upon need is I feel we're preventing homelessness mm-hmm. because we can help women before they even get there, or maybe they're right there, but they're already connected to us right. somehow. You know, maybe right. they're just in, maybe they're in the Facebook group or maybe they're on our Twitter, but now they know there's someone there Right. So it's up to them to reach out. But if we can prevent that from happening if we can prevent someone, one woman from killing herself, right. if we can, I feel woman veteran and woven as well. You're giving women hope regardless of what the program is. There's that
0: hope. There's that hope. Yeah. Well, I know one of the things that, that stood out for me when I was reading your bio is that you had collaborated with the James R. Morrison photography for the, what does a woman veteran look like project? And the reason that stood out to me is because more and more women being told by others that they don't look like a veteran (laughs) yeah sounds totally ridiculous doesn't it it's like i don't know what do you mean i don't understand but tell us how that collaboration came about
1: absolutely so i've i've known um james and and mara his his wife for prior to me even starting the organization and we were at lunch I mean, this is when, you know, this is actually the first year that I started, and we were having a conversation because people have asked me again. You know, when I go to speak, well, what does a woman veteran look like? Well, you know what? She looks like me. She could look like her. You know the you know my dad's like the poster child for Vietnam vet. I mean, he wears that hat every 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 place he goes. Yeah. Um, but that's what if you look at my husband, you you look at him, you're like, oh, he served in the, you know don't don't ha- don't call him a soldier because then he gets very offended. You know, he called her a soldier. <laughs> But he has that look, I mean, the, the haircut, the, his, you know, different demeanor, but what are we supposed, we don't all look like, you know, Demi Moore and GI Jane. Right.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So,
1: so that's the thing again, that's why we have to change that narrative and the way people look at us um, because they don't take us seriously. Just like, you know, I had a, a friend of mine, retired Marine. She's, she got challenged in a job interview. He said, you didn't serve in the Marine Corps. You know, and I'm sure this oh happens more often than not, where our ser- time in the service is being challenged. Yeah,
0: that's such uh-huh. a slap in the face, too. You
1: it know? is, and slap especially the- if they didn't serve. <laughs> that's I know. even more. You're like, wait right? a minute, what? <laughs> so that would be my first thing. Uh, did you serve? Um, so we're talking about that, and he's a photographer, and he has, a, you know, his photography business, and he said, well, what if we, you know, photograph these women? But more so, what if we create these portraits of women? So it's not just, hey, here's the, you know, the background and we're going to snap your picture. And
0: <laughs>
1: yes. so he created, if you've seen them, they're, they're, they portraits. They're taking their current, wherever they, you know, they work or whatever they're passionate about, um, you know, their kids, their time in service, and they incorporated all these things into these portraits, but also the women got to tell their stories.
0: Yes.
1: And um, so that was initially started just as a portrait display, then became a book. So we now have two books. Um, Their first, there's a, so so far 20 women in these two books. And of course with 2020, our plan was to photograph 10 more women. We had them all lined up. Um, We had to push that back till next year because we want to get the 30, and make it into one book um, and, you know, just making sure we're showing our, the diversity of women. So that portrait display, I mean, it's been on um, different colleges last uh, uh, November for two weeks. It sat in the um, Sacramento um, city hall rotunda. Wow. And what was really cool about that is one of the kids um, of the mom that was in there, they had a field trip. So he got to show all the kids in his class, his mom,
0: because her. is nice. there. Oh, that's amazing. I love that.
1: So it's just impactful. You know, we were at the, you know, the, the state fair last year and they had, they were had different displays and we had some of the women that were featured in there to be able to talk. So here's somebody, they're standing there reading the story and then they look the picture and then the, here's the real person. So they got to interact. And that's what we need. We, they need to see, women, what they're doing, who they are, you know, their, their challenges um, right? You know, their accomplishments and just, you know, the, all the good things that, because we continue to serve after we get out, yes. most, somehow, some way, it doesn't have to be a formal organization, but that's just embedded in us to continue to serve um, our community. And that's why, you know, a lot of people transition into government work, right? Um, serving. So that's, yeah, so that's our... So next year, hopefully we'll have our next 10 um, women and we have, um, and I'm, I'm hoping she stays on. We have a World War II bet. She's 95. She oh, was our first man. one to photograph in March, but again, yeah. we had to shut everything down so they couldn't.
0: Uh, oh, I photograph. would love to talk to her, man. Just to, just, to, this, just, the stories, you know, those women who served before us, it Must that must be amazing, you know? She,
1: and you could actually, um, so I had our first unconference in 2016. She was actually one of our speakers, um, and it's on YouTube, her, her clip of her talking and she's this petite little lady, um, <laughs> very, very rambunctious and she's got, you know, just some great stories to tell, um, when she, when she served. So.
0: so I know you mentioned being an author. Tell us a little bit about your book.
1: Yeah. So my book, get back to work, um, so the reason I started the book, so I'll have to take it a step back of how I got to write the book. And let me tell you something, I hate to write. I just, I, <laughs> if you can just put me on Twitter, 140 characters or less, I could probably do well at. I yeah. can talk, but just having to write. Um, so um, that was that was a challenge for me just to write. Um, but I felt I what I had, I had the information, what I wanted to share. I wanted more people to see it because I felt it was something that is valuable to others. So in in 2008, um, I got a promotion. My company relocated me from Southern California up to Sacramento to manage the Oracle account.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we all know what was happening in 2008. I mean, the economy was going down, down, down. Right. Um, and then in 2009, I got laid off. There, So I'd only been in Sacramento like five years, um, excuse me, like a year and I only knew about five people. Um, so that was a challenge because, you know, your first year you're working, you're like working, you're not out there mingling and exactly trying to get the job done. And so I had that. And then I'm like, okay, I could find a job. I've been a recruiter. Well, that, that, I mean, Sacramento just dried up very quickly. So here we are 2010. So 10 years ago. Um, I'm like, okay. I, so I saw this article in the paper about that the Employment Development Department was having a um, workshops for professionals. I'm like, okay. Well, I think I qualify as a professional, <laughs> so I got got in right because you don't know. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. You know, um, got in there and then started going to these workshops. Met some great people and actually some of them are still f- friends with today. Um, but one of the things that they Shared again. So think of this: ten years ago, they had a she had a slideshow about how to use social media to find work. Mm-hmm. How to use LinkedIn? How to use Twitter? How to use Facebook? And it's very just. It was very just general, you know, generic. And I'm like, I know how to use LinkedIn. Like I've been on it. So I started holding LinkedIn workshops at my dining room table for job seekers in 2010. I was still looking for work. Still, you know, unemployed. But one of the things I started to do is I started to network. So here I am meeting people. And this is this is why I'm able to do what I do because I've met people before I even you know started Women Veterans Alliance, even when I was right. unemployed. You know, I'm meeting these people. Um, then I'm then I which led into my LinkedIn business because I was doing training and I started charging for training, and then I'm now people are paying me to speak, and so I'm I'm traveling and doing this. But one of the things that I liked again, networking. I'm like, let's do a job seekers group. So someone had started this active job seekers group in the area and he wanted to start another one in the city. So I took it over and we would meet the job seekers and, you know, helping people. I mean, it was packed. I mean, this is, you know, again, you know, 2010, Right. but one of the things that every time someone would, they would always ask me, what do I need to do? You know, what are the top five things that to find a job because a lot of them hadn't looked for a job in, you know, a long time. Right. Uh, and so, so I, I'd run off the list and then I ended up printing the list and the list is actually now in the back of my book because that's where that started from was
0: the right. list. Wow. It's
1: expanded upon the list. So I would say, are you on LinkedIn? And I'd be like, link what? I'm like, okay, well, you need to come to my, put my <laughs> workshop.
0: Link who? We'll get you on there.
1: <laughs> and seriously, I mean, that's what they would be like, okay, you know, And then, you know, we talk about, of course, about the resume and then we talk about business cards and then we just talk about just, you know, do you have your elevator pitch? So it's just these things that I would just continue to say. And then I'm like, you know, I can expand upon this and then put in a book and then I can get more, again, more people to see. And it's, it's not a big, thick book because I know it's like I was unemployed for almost two years. I mean, I was, it's a long time. Yeah. I was working. I just wasn't getting paid. I
0: mean,
1: of course it's all, you know, it's, it's all paid for, you know, for it. It's it's happening, but it's one of those things where, okay, I don't, I don't want to write a big book again. I didn't like to write. So I just wanted something practical, you know, and then at the end of each chapter, it's like, you know, things to do and just, so that way you can get something out of it. And I didn't want to talk, I feel work and they're just, you know, they're smart and savvy, you know, strategies because when you're in small business and this is applicable to people in business. Um, right. you can you can pick up my book and you get the same strategies because it's the same same thing. It's just you don't have a resume. Yeah, right?
0: exactly.
1: Um, it's the networking. I you know the longest chapter in there is LinkedIn, um, which I ended up actually right when not my employment unemployment was getting ready to run out, mm-hmm. and I ended up connecting with somebody at LinkedIn and got hired there and worked at LinkedIn. Wow, doing,
0: look how that worked out.
1: <laughs> it was. It was, it was, that was meant to be because what had happened that year, 2011 is um, I had LinkedIn gave me like a free ad to advertise my LinkedIn workshops. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to you know, advertise and you could target. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing it in Sacramento. Well, just, just so happens the director of the sales effectiveness lived mm-hmm. in the Sacramento area and he saw, it and he's like, who, you know, who are you? And we met for coffee. And then a few months later, I reached out to him and said, Hey, how's it going? He's like, Hey, would you be interested in working at LinkedIn? I mean, that's not, I'm like, okay, when do I start? He said, Friday.
0: <laughs> You're like, I'll be there. I'll be there Thursday. <laughs>
1: right? but, but what's really cool about this story, and, and, and when people are looking for work, they should always keep an open mind. Yes. They never posted that job. It was never posted on any wow. you know, job boards or anything. Um. They never asked me for my resume.
0: See, it's all, I keep telling people, you know, when, especially, you know, like my family and, and like, oh, you know, I put my resume in and I said, the best jobs are the ones you get from someone, you know,
1: yeah, they're,
0: right. It, it's got nothing to do with an HR manager or going through the whole resume process in the interview. It's who, you know,
1: absolutely. You and know? I tell people a resume is just a piece of paper.
0: It's a you piece know? of paper. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that sound amazing on paper. Amazing. They they like walk on water. And then you you know, then they get to the job and you're like, okay, is this the same person?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, well, they probably had somebody probably paid somebody to write their resume. Know, right.
0: So Melissa, one last question. Yep. What are three things you would advise a woman veteran to do? leaving when she's leaving service today, like before she leaves service, what three things would you tell her to do?
1: So, well, one, she should be on LinkedIn. That should be one, two, and three.
0: (laughs) I love that segue.
1: (laughs) Seriously. She should have her profile out there, right. And have it ready for the job that she's looking for and having all her keywords in there, have her professional photo, not her photo in uniform. Right. Start connecting with people. You know, and people say, well, I don't know who to connect to. Well, connect with people you work with. I mean, if you have vendors or contractors that you might work with, you know, on the base or family members, because you never know who, you know, Uncle Joe might know, even though Uncle Joe may not be working, but he might know someone. So start making those connections with people. Right. And, and then get in these different Facebook groups. Like um, LinkedIn has the Veteran Mentor Network group, which is a very large group. There's a whole bunch But say maybe you're interested in getting into project management. Well, guess what? There's PMI groups there. Join those groups. You've got to start getting out there, getting that information, you know, making a list of companies you're interested in working for and start connecting with the people that work at those companies. That's not the first time
0: I've heard that or the second or the fifth. So that's legit, you know, getting in those circles and letting people know who you are.
1: Well, and then LinkedIn offers a free version, you know, you get the, you get the premium. You said so, so you can subscribe to the, you know, the upgrades. So you're gonna get all the extra premium features on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's to me, that's just like key. Because also, too, you connect with people, even it helps with relocation. You could say, okay, I'm I'm getting out of military in Texas and I'm moving to, you know, to Iowa or something. Well, you know what? I mean, Facebook can help you to people, but also on LinkedIn, you can say, Hey, I'm right. relocating to Iowa. Does anybody know any businesses or people or You know, I'm looking for opportunity and it's, you know, I tell people, it's not like you're, yeah, yeah, you're looking for a job, but you're looking for those connections. Um, Right. There, So that's my one, two, three.
0: So where can people find you? Where can they find out more information about the Women Veterans Alliance if if they want to look it up? Can you give us some contact info?
1: Absolutely. So we are on all social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, um, Instagram, we're on all of them. YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I and mean, honestly, I just tell people just Google Women Veterans Alliance. I 100% guarantee it will pop up. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, it will. I, I, Google,
1: my I it. <laughs> Google my name. Google my name. I'm the blonde, you know, if you see a different picture, but
0: uh, Google well, is well, your friend. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being You're a welcome. part um, of our show today. And I so appreciate your time. I hope that everyone listening got some information that they can use, especially about LinkedIn. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to Melissa and women veterans Alliance. So thank you so much for listening until next time, please take care of each other and we'll speak again soon. Do you find it difficult to come up with content ideas for your podcast, or perhaps you've gotten stuck during an interview with a guest where you just have nothing to ask anymore. Try pod today. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards and pick one at random, hit the record button, and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment, all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C.